0: That's kind of cool, huh? So I got I got a confession. Every service at Second Chance has its own personality. Um, it, it does. Um, but eleven thirty is slowly but surely turning into my favorite. Let me tell. You, don't tell anybody else. <clears throat> Let me tell you why. I just I just feel I just feel loose at eleven thirty. I just feel comfortable. Like, there might be a day I just start walking out in the aisle and just talking to y'all. So, just, just, just be. I'm, I might do it right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's people over here who got tense. Um, super excited about today. Hey, I got a question to kind of just launch us in. And by the way, we run this at 5 o'clock, so all the 5 o'clock people, I meant that for y'all too. Um, it's just digital. It's not live. Anyway, how many of you have ever ordered, this is, this is easy, this is easy, this is all skate. You don't even have to be a Christian to get this right. How many of you have ever ordered something off of Amazon.com? Raise your hand. Oh, in the in the best. In the best. It's the best. Like I could order something right now on my phone. And it's so easy. You just order it. That buy now button, that's like crack. Is it well? I mean, people have told me I've never done that. Um, done other stuff. Anyway, enough of my confession. Anyway, the buy now button is amazing. And and it's like when you pull up in your yard and they've delivered packages. Does anybody kind of feel like it's like Christmas? It's like, oh, my gosh, somebody loves me. I got packages. And, and then you get the bill. And you're like, oh, God, I got packages. But it, in the moment, it feels good, right? Amazon.com. And then they talked about, um, uh, not too long ago, but y'all remember they are talking about drones? And I was like, I'm in. If you can drop my laundry detergent, like, like do it. And by the way, if you can take my kid to school, like, drop the, drop the laundry detergent, take the kid to school, let's, let's get that done. I love Amazon.com. But I was thinking this week when I was preparing for this message, and some of you may not remember this, but I remember where I was the very first time I heard about Amazon. I was in a car with a friend riding down the road, and Amazon, like years ago, was not the Amazon of today. In fact, Amazon started, their marketing was, we are the world's largest, anybody remember? Bookstore. bookstore. Right. Like two people remembered. Everybody else is young. The world's largest bookstore. And I remember riding down the road and listening to this commercial where you could go onto this thing called a website and order a book and have it shipped to you. And I told my friend, i never forget this. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you go online and order a book when you can walk into that bookstore right there and get the same book and you can get it quicker? Now, Now, in today's world, if somebody tells me, I went into a bookstore and bought a book. I'm like, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you walk into a bookstore and buy a book when you can just go into Amazon, order it, and they'll ship it to you, right? That's that's how that's how my mentality's changed. Well, I got super interested in Amazon because I love studying things that grow. It doesn't matter if it's a church or a business, or a nonprofit. if something's growing, I want to know the principles behind it, and the concepts, or whatever, so I read a book about, and actually, I read several books about Amazon, and um, the, the founder, Jeff Bezos, now, he, um, he's doing well, he's doing well, I've reached out to him, asked him to come to our church, asked him to tithe, <laughs> I told him we, we would let him slide on one percent, I think I'd be all right, but... <laughs> But I, I, I he's he's done pretty well for himself. But here's the thing that Jeff Bezos did: it all came down to him being willing to take a risk, because he wasn't assured that it was going to work. He just took a risk, and then he like doubled down and took another risk, and then he doubled down and took another risk, and then he doubled down and took another risk. And I'm like, oh my gosh. He took, and then I started. Um, I read about Facebook. I read about Google. I read about all these organizations. It all started with somebody saying, "You know, it's easy to stand around and say what everybody should do, but somebody's got to take a risk. It's like somebody's got to go first. Like somebody's got to jump." And and all of these people, with these companies that all of us admire, they took a risk, and they kept taking risk. At some point. Um, They kept taking risk all along the way. Now, in church world, we don't call it taking a risk because that sounds too worldly, and we don't want to sound like that. In church world, we don't don't say taking a risk. We say taking a step of faith. Yeah, 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 yeah. We say taking a step of faith, which I like that. I like the whole faith word. I'm I'm down with faith. In fact, I think if we're going to live the life that God's called us to live, it's going to take you and I having faith, faith to take our next step. Because this is what I wrote down in my notes when I was preparing this message. Faith is not always easy, but is essential for us to maximize the life God has called us to live. Faith is not easy. Taking a step of faith is never easy, but it's absolutely essential if you and I want to step into the abundant life that Jesus has promised us that we can have. Now, there's a lot of definitions out there about faith. Lots of definitions. But I've got the best definition. This right here, I'm about to give you the best definition ever of faith. You say, Peter, that's pretty arrogant. No, it's just confidence. Because it comes right out of the Bible. It's a Bible verse, all right? So if you're gonna argue with a Bible verse, you argue with God and you lose. Faith, 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 according to Hebrews 11:1, faith is confidence and what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. So let's say, let's say this is where we are, and that chair is where God ultimately wants us to be. Faith is not saying, I think that chair is there and it's great. Faith is not saying, I really do believe that when I get to that chair, great things are going to happen. Faith is saying, God, I'll take my next step. And I'm not there yet but I'm not where I used to be. Yes, God, I'll take my next step. Faith is being willing. It's it's being confident that what we're hoping for is going to be there when we get there. And it's actually being certain because at the end of the day, when you get to the chair, when you finally get to where God wants you to be, what happens next? You got more steps of faith or you die. I've had people tell me that. I think God's done with me. I'm like, well, go ahead. I mean, God, you will know when God's done with you because you will see him. <laughs> now, faith is that thing. Faith is that thing. In fact, when I was looking at Hebrews 11, one, I just started reading through Hebrews 11. Faith, Hebrews 11 is known as the faith hall of fame. It's also a list of the most jacked up people in the Bible. Like these people are messed up and they are also our heroes. So, and, and I didn't have to read very long. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 says this. Now, now, look at this. And if you're from a church background, I want to explain this in a way that we've never really thought about it before. Here we go. Hebrews 11, 7 says this. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. Now, First of all, this is a horrible children's story to tell our kids. You should never tell your kids this story at night, right? Hey, guys, come here. Okay, once upon a time, God got mad at everybody for disobeying their parents and he killed them. <laughs> Good night. Uh, like that, that's not going to go well. That's why our kids have nightmares. But this right here, see, I've always looked, I, I remember reading this story and I would read it through a 20th, 21st century American mindset. And and that's great because that was how I was brought up. But we got to understand this happens in Genesis six. There are no Bibles. There are no tabernacles. There are no temples. There are no churches. There are no priests. There are no preachers. Noah is out in a field one day. We minding his own business, and God speaks to him. And I don't know how that whole thing went down, but God spoke to God spoke to. Noah, I get Noah and Moses mixed up. anybody else do that? Okay, I'm getting they, Noah. God spoke to Noah and said, "I want you to build a boat." Now, do you know what I believe Noah's first question was? What's a boat? Because he was 150 miles away from the nearest body of water. Why do I? Why do I need a boat? What's a boat? Like, why do I need a boat? And God says, "I'm killing." Everybody, and if you're on the boat, you survive. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm down with the boat. But we're what, what, we're we're not even close to water, God. And oh, by the way, by the way, on the Earth at this point, it had never rained. Never rained. 150 miles away. Is is, the, is this a step of faith? Yes or no? In fact, lots of people didn't believe in Noah. Here he is building this boat, and God said, when you get the boat built, I'm going to send the animals two by two. You remember that? A lot of people think Noah had to go out and get the animals. No, no. The animals came when Noah prepared um, the... the what God had told him to prepare. Then God sent the animals. Was like, so he, Noah's out there and he's like, "Oh my gosh, there's a couple of hippos, there's a couple of giraffes, there's a couple of dogs, there's a couple cats." And you know what God? Are the cats necessary? Can I mean, if you're, i like, mean, we're just taking stuff out. Can we? So, but God said, "Yeah, we love the cats." Um, and so the cats got to stay. And and Noah builds this thing and it rains and it's amazing, but it's a step of faith. Now this would be like. And see, we look at this and we think it's normal, but it's not normal. This would be equivalent to me saying, hey, second chance, I got a vision from God. God spoke to me. (laughs) Next week, y'all show up, bring your checkbooks and your credit cards because we're taking them an offering because our next step is to build a spaceship because God has told me that there are people on Mars and we're going to go reach Martians for Jesus. (laughs) None of y'all would go, oh, my. He is on it. We are in. No, y'all be like, somebody needs to check the bottle because I don't think it's water. Like, I, I, like I, <laughs> he's got a crack pipe somewhere in this church. Like, this is a, this is a step of faith. So just to share with you, and, and as I'm talking about this journey for this church, let me tell you what. I'm literally praying for every single person in this room. Every single person in this room. Every single person watching online right now. This is my hope and my prayer for each one of us here today. And it's this, found in 2 Thessalonians 1.11. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. That, that's what I want for everybody in this room. May, may, may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Like his power in you, do you understand how amazing that is, that nothing is impossible. I mean, this is Christianity. The bookends of Jesus are like a virgin birth and a resurrection. Take those two things. Nothing is impossible for Jesus. And in you, nothing is impossible for you in Christ. That's That's the mentality I'm hoping and praying that we all have. And I've seen that happen in my life. And I've seen that happen in this church. Now, for some people, this will be new, and for others, it'll be review. But for all of us, I think this is kind of necessary to kind of bring us back together on the same page so we all know where we're operating from. In 2016, I thought I was done. Like, I was done in ministry. And not only did I think I was done, I had lots of other people telling me I was done, too. I never thought I would ever preach again. And I loved Jesus, but I just wasn't sure how I felt about the church. And many of you know the story, you've heard me say it from this stage. Three days into rehab, I hit rock bottom, and I made a plan to leave AMA against medical advice. I was going to check out, fly back to South Carolina, and I was going to take my own life. I had a plan. It was going to happen. But right before I left, I was walking around the track at the treatment center. And I love this track because there was a, there's a mountain range and the sun would set below the mountains and it was just absolutely beautiful. And I'm standing on that track and I'm watching the sunset and God spoke to me. Now, it wasn't audible, but it's the clearest I've ever heard his voice. And this is all he said. I'm not through with you. That's it. Now, I wish I could tell you that in that moment, things immediately got better. But they didn't. All I had was a word. And sometimes in the middle of a crisis, all you're going to get from God is a word. It's a seed. It's put in your heart, and you're going to have to hold on to it. God is sowing that seed. I wish I could tell you God told me, I'm not done with you. And then a unicorn came riding in with a leprechaun that gave me a pot of gold and took me back to my room where Tony the tiger was waiting with a bowl of frosted flakes going, they're great. Like, that that, that would be awesome, but I would probably still be in rehab if I was telling that story, all right? I mean, that did not happen. But I knew God had spoken to me, but I didn't know what it meant. Like, this is where I am. This is where God wants me to be. And I'm like, well, I don't, what am I supposed to do? Well, in 2017, I started thinking about church again. And then I just, I was like, maybe I could work in a church again. In some, I, but, but I was thinking like janitor. Like, I, like I, honestly, I was. I was like, I, I'll sweep for Jesus. Just, I mean, I, those halls will be clean. Like, I'll do whatever it takes. But I couldn't help think because, listen, what I talked about last week, I believe. Nobody else is coming. The local church has the potential to absolutely change the world for the better, change the world that we live in, and I just wanted to be a part of it. So in, in, in March or April of 2017, I go to the UK to hang out with some of my friends over there, and, and I did an event over there, and I love them because they're British and they're charismatic, and they're so much fun. Um, and I love British people because when they talk, they sound so brilliant. Unlike us here in the South. Um, but <laughs> like, I, when I talk, you automatically take 10 IQ points off of me, right? When they talk, you add 10 IQ points. So I'm over there with them, and we kind of do this event, and I'm meeting with the leadership team afterwards. And um, have you ever been called out spiritually by somebody? I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it's, like, really weird. Like, I'm si- sitting in this leadership meeting, and we're kind of talking, and one of the guys, his name is Chris, looked at me, and he said, so, have you been thinking about starting another church? I hadn't told anybody. I had thought about it a few times, but I hadn't told anybody. And all of a sudden, I was, have you ever been in that moment where you're like, uh, I mean, I don't know why we got to talk about what I've been thinking about. Have you ever thought about starting a church, Chris? I'm like, because I I felt so uncomfortable. And he said, I want to give you something. I want to give you a thought. I want to give you an idea. Would you be willing to pray about it? And I said, yes. No. Don't ever say yes until you know what they want you to pray about. <laughs> because people have asked me to pray about stuff before. Hey, will you pray about something? Tell me what it is. And they tell me, you're like, no, nah, I'm not going to pray about it. I don't need to pray. The answer no. Anyway, so but I, he kind of had me. I, tried, I was like, yeah, man, I'll pray about it. He goes, why don't you pray about launching a campus digitally instead of physically? I was like, walk me, kind of walk me through that a little bit. He goes, lots your online campus. You don't have to worry about a building. You don't have to worry about like uh, different types of ministry. You don't have to worry about like light bills and stuff like that. And I looked at him and I said to him the same thing I said to my friend about Amazon.com. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It'll never work. He said, but you said you'd pray about it. I said, I did. And I did. I prayed about it a little bit. And, and God kept kind of moving, in that, and I couldn't get that. I was like, how does that work? How does that work? How does that work? I couldn't figure it out. But in, in July of 2017, if, that's where, if this is where we are now, in July of 2017, God spoke to me very clearly and told me, file the paperwork for this church. Now, when we officially started as a church, we got our tax ID number and all that other stuff, and we were official. All we had was a website. People are like, where's the church? And they pull it up and it's just second chance. <laughs> <laughs> but we had nothing because I, I, that's all I knew was to start. That, that is, sometimes, listen, a lot of times you'll take the next step. And I don't know about you, but I would prefer to have like two, three, four steps. But God doesn't work like that. He's like, here's the next step. And so that November, I just happened to be going to the UK again. And the, and, and the UK in November is beautiful because they decorated for Christmas. Like, there's, it's decorated, it's all and I love Christmas, and they decorated for Christmas. And I know what some of you are thinking, oh, my gosh, what about Thanksgiving? Well, it's the UK. <laughs> and ever since they lost the Revolutionary War, they're a little bitter about the whole Thanksgiving thing here in America. So they kind of skipped that celebration. So anyway, um, I'm flying into Heathrow, and it's beautiful because you can see London decorated for Christmas. And guess, get, just, just guess who comes and picks me up at Heathrow that day. Chris, Chris Mr. Digital Campus himself. And so we, we get my bags. He's so nice. We got our bags. and I got my bags. We got in the car. And as soon as we sat down, he said, so you have been praying about that digital campus? I'm like, we got to dive right in, dude? Dang. I mean, like, can't we talk about, like, the weather? <laughs> There's a lot of weather over here in England. Y'all got a 100% chance of weather tomorrow. Like, I'm trying to just, like, dodge the subject. For two and a half hours, we talk about it. And by the time we get to the, the place, I mean, he's got me trapped. For Isn't it funny how God will trap you with people sometimes and you can't get out? <laughs> you know, don't, don't look at the person next to you awkwardly. I'm just saying it happens. <laughs> so I was like, fine, God, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Because this, this is my thing. What do I have to lose? And this was the kicker. When we, got, when we got back there, I was like, Chris, all right, fine. I'll do it. But here's the problem, man. I don't have a camera. I don't know how to operate a camera. I'm a technical idiot, <laughs> which is true. I really am. He said, you have an iPhone? Yeah. And at the time, I had an iPhone 7, which was Awesome. It was top of the line. Today, if you have an iPhone Seven, you're being punished. (laughs) You have a six? Uh, Oh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. I mean, you're so blessed. If it still works, you're just blessed. I'm trying to recover right now. I had an iPhone Seven. And so I, looked, I thought, I said, I don't have a camera. He said, you got a phone? I was holding it in my hand. He said, he said what you got in your hand? I said, iPhone. He said, start it with that. There's your camera. I said, this ain't a, you can't start a campus. like I don't have a digital platform. He said, you've got Facebook Live? I know you know how to use Facebook Live. I've seen you on Facebook Live. I was like, so, so you think I should take an iPhone 7 and hit the Facebook Live button and preach into it? He said, yeah, I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's exactly what I told him. But here's here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned, because that's how we started, but here's what I've learned. The step of faith that God wants you to take, like the thing he's wanting you to do right now, you've already got what it takes to take that next step, And, and the reason I say that is because... I used to be the guy that sit around and go, okay, God, I'll do that if you'll give me this, or if you'll give me this, or if you'll give me this. And God goes, no, 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 no. You already have in your hand what you need to take that next step of faith. I'm to prove it to you. There's a guy in the, in the Bible named Moses. I love Moses. He's one of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament. And God shows up to Moses and goes, I want you to let my people go or go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses was like, nah, man, you got the wrong man. But eventually he gets to the Red Sea. And for those of you from, with a Bible background, you know what he did at the Red Sea. He takes out his, st- here comes the Egyptians and they're attacking him. And he took out his staff. You remember he took out his staff and he held the staff over the sea. And what happened to the waters? Anybody remember? They they parted. Wouldn't that be awesome have a staff like that on Friday, five o'clock on Clemson Boulevard or on I-85, you're trying to get home from Greenville. You're like, <sighs> And so, so we know about that staff, but a lot of people know about the staff parting the sea, but they weren't there the first time the staff got used because God and Moses are going back and forth because, you know, you know, when God, when God asks us to do something, I wish you I could tell you I always surrendered in the moment, but have you ever given God some pushback? So Moses is giving him some pushback. Here we go. But Moses protested again, peacefully, peacefully. There was a peaceful protest. Y'all seen that in the news. I just didn't know. The Bible's so real. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? Now watch this. This is so cool. Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? God didn't say, oh, let me give you some stuff and let me bring some stuff in. Let me surround you with some stuff and let me, like, make you glow. Like, he didn't do anything like that. He's like, you know. Uh, what you got in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. I think he said it just like that too. I think he was like, I mean, you're God. Can you figure it out? But like a shepherd's staff? Hello. Like your teenager when they're talking to you about their day, right? Anybody? 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 Anyway, so shepherd's staff, Moses replied, throw it down on the ground simple command, right? Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff, and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back, and I think they edited out what Moses said (laughs) as he was jumping back because if it was me, I would have said it. (laughs) Then I would have did it. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) If you don't know what that means, stop at the guest services tent. They'll explain that to you as you're leaving. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. I'm out right there. I'm out and you know you know what just send me to hell cuz am not, not grabbing a snake. You don't grab a snake by the tail. Anybody knows, first of all, the only good snake is a dead snake. And there might be somebody here from the reptile people of America. Come at me, dog, because the only good snake is a dead snake, all right? But anybody knows anything about snakes, you know, you don't grab by the tail, which blows the myth up that following Jesus is always the safest thing to do. It's not safe. So now I say, why in the world do we think it's safe when the guy that we follow wound up on a cross? Why would we think it's safe? Grab the snake by the tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff. Perform this sign, the Lord told him, and they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. See, don't, don't miss this. Before Moses' staff parted the Red Sea in front of millions of people, It turned into a snake when it was just him and God. In other words, some of the greatest work God wants to do in you is in a place where nobody else can see it. Nobody else knows. Jesus um, preached a series of messages one time, like an entire series. Then The apostles, they were so tired. And they were like, we got to shut him down. He's going to go forever. Let's tell him the people are hungry. Hey, the people are hungry. You remember this story? And we need to send them away. But this is, this is proof that what you have is in your hands. Because Jesus said, you, you feed them. And they were like, w- with what, they ask. I mean, and that, isn't that a fair question? With what? I mean, we can't use DoorDash. I mean, it takes them forever here. And, like, and there's no way we could get them out here. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? He asked, go find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. In other words, this is what Jesus said. What you got in your hand? I just want to use what you got in your hand. You think you got to have all this stuff. Uh-uh. You just take what you've got and be willing to use that to step into your next step. You got what it takes. You do. So for me, I was like my iPhone 7. December 2017. I preached my first message. I didn't know if anybody was going to log on or not. But I was like, what's up, Second Chance? How y'all doing? And I had people ask me, was that awesome? No. It was weird as heck. Have you ever, like, talked to a phone for 30 minutes? Normal people can't do that. I've never claimed to be normal. But, like, hey, how are y'all doing? And for me, I've got ADD. And, and, And this room is great because every once in a while you'll get an amen, come on, shut the corn, you can do better than that. You get some kind of feedback. On a phone, you ain't getting no feedback except when it's scrolling. And I'm ADD, so I have a problem paying attention. I'm like, and God said, what is up, Jerome? How you doing, man? And then, like, I'm getting distracted. And then I, on the first Sunday, I had to block over 100 people from my page because they have no friends. And so I had to kind of block them because they were just angry people. And, and so i that's how we started. We started on, a, on an iPhone. And then... <laughs> I invited some people over to my apartment to watch because it was weird just preaching to a phone and then like 12, 13, 14 people. And, and, and that was weird too because it'd be like five, four, three, two, one. What's up, second chance? And it's just me and like 12 people. No band. God, I love our band. I I stand over there and listen to every worship song, every service because I absolutely can't. i mean, like, I'm never going to take that for granted. So I'm preaching and then And then I had a pastor friend. In fact, he used to pastor a church in this building. And he called me. And he's like, hey, you know, Pastor P, I need you to pray about something. I was like, yeah, man. Dang it. Always ask what before you say yes. (laughs) He's like, y'all need to take over. Y'all need to come in and say, we're going to move. Y'all need to come in and take over our building. I was like, y'all? There ain't no y'all. Like staff meeting is when I get up in the morning and go look in the mirror and go, what's up? Like that's like, that's, that's staff meeting. He's like, no. He said, he said but you say you pray about it. All right. Two days later, I'm sitting right outside the door, looking in this building, crying like a baby, going, uh, okay, okay. So we, we talked to the person that owned the building. We signed a contract. We, we leased this building and had no idea how we were going to pay for it. We, we just knew that was our next step. And so, some of you will remember this. Some of you gave to this. We did something called the 250K Fund. And we, I said, we need $250,000 to move into this building so we can move in here debt-free and not owe anything. Like, that's, that was the goal, $250,000. And I, I would preach. Some of you all remember some of those. I preached with faith. I was like, we're going to raise this money. We're going to do it. God's going to get the glory. And I'd be like, there ain't no freaking way people going to give $250,000. I mean... <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes you got to fake faith, and I did. I, I I did. I was praying, God, I don't believe. Help me in my unbelief, because and, and people pushed back on me, and they said, well, "You've raised money before." Yeah, I raised money with people in the room, where <laughs> I could say, "You're not leaving until you write a check." Like that's that's the, what i mean. But but how do you? Hey hey people, we need two hundred thousand dollars while wow, the audience is decreasing. So oh no hearts on that. All right so. by the way, we didn't raise $250,000. We raised $350,000. And we're able to move into this place. So so January 27th, 2019, I'm standing outside. I didn't know if anybody was coming. And when I say that, I'm being dead serious. I I didn't know. And there's a lot of people and I can't stop crying. So I'm going. Uh, I'm, I'm going, coming back here, and I'm crying. I go out there and look. Come back here and cry. Go out and look. I couldn't believe it. And, and we started growing. We had two services and three services and four. And, and pretty soon we're, we're out. We like pre-COVID, pre-Corona, not the beer, <laughs> but pre-Corona, we're running 11, 1,200 people, and we had to move and some and stuff. And then Corona hit. and We're like, oh, we got to make a move now. Here's a part of the story that I've told very few people. In 2017, when God said, you're going to do the church, and we fill out the paperwork, I would drive around Anderson, and I would pray, God, I want to start a church in this city. I really want, and I want, I want the city and the community to be a better place because the church is here. And I always would wind up about a mile down the road at a Bilo, Old Bilo. For those of you who have been Anderson around Anderson for a while, it's a Walmart for his Bilo. Right next to Planet Fitness. And I, I literally took I, there's less than there's less than 10 people I took by that building. We would go, we'd just peek in the windows. Y'all ever done that? I don't know if you you can get arrested, but um <laughs> I didn't care. But like you just peek in the window, and I I prayed for that building for since 2017. And then we got into this building, we started growing. And I was like, man, we need to check on that building. Man, that bi- we, and I called down there, and they told me the price. I was like, nah, we out. <laughs> now, this is where people push back going, you got to have faith. And you know what? You do. But there's a fine line between faith and stupidity. Would you agree? Faith is jumping out of an airplane with a parachute on. Stupidity is jumping out of an airplane without a parachute going, I'm trusting God. Like, that's That's dumb. I think it's dumb, actually, to jump out of a plane with a parachute on until recently when my 13-year-old daughter informed me that for her 18th birthday, she would like for her and her daddy to go. And this has been an awesome opportunity to teach her. Sometimes the father says no. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm going. I got life insurance. Um, What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Faith. So... So there was no way we could afford the building. But then when we got in this building, and we started growing, and people started coming, and we were debt-free, and we were saving up some money, I was like, man, maybe we can get that building now. So I called, and I asked about the building, <laughs> and it was sold. So I bought it. Have you ever had an oh, crap moment? I was like, but I, but I thought. But I thought, God, that that's what you want. I thought that's where you want. I thought that's what you wanted to do. And I was in the middle of, I was in a place of what I call spiritual confusion. You ever been there? Where you just, I thought, God, you said this, and then this happened. and. I, but I had this dude, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. I told God, all we need is 30,000 square feet. Now, when I tell you 30,000 square feet, I had plans drawn for 30,000 square feet, architectural plans for 30,000 square feet. 30,000 square feet allowed us to double the size of the sanctuary. So we'd go from 350 people to be able to sit 700 people, and it would allow us to have adequate children's space. Now, now I love our children. we got a great children's ministry, but let's, 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 let's just be honest. We are spread out. All over the place. If you got kids, you got to go back here. You got to go over here. We got a couple over at Barberitos, Learn how to cook. We got some at Target. When we do object lessons, we take them down to Lowe's so they can like build an ark, like with Noah. Like like we got we got it made, and we have never lost a kid yet. <laughs> we'll find them. They're right here somewhere. But the the children's space is going to be awesome. Everything's be, we had it drawn. All we needed was thirty thousand square feet, and then and, and so you can't make this up. This is so amazing. I've been holding on to this for so long. So I had a man approach me and said, well, um, I know the owner of that building. He told me his name, and I was like, oh, I know him too. He said, yeah, y'all should go to lunch and talk. I I think you might be interested. I went to lunch with him, and he said, I heard you were interested in that building. I was like, yeah, I was, but like... You bought it, Mr. Killjoy. So, like, I I didn't say that. I thought that. I'm not 50 yet. Um, I was like, yeah, but you bought it. And he said, well, let me tell you what. He said, "Um, I bought it because I needed to use it as a warehouse, like storage for my business. He said, so I'm not using all of it. He said, in fact, it's a 42,000-square-foot building. I'm only using 12,000 square feet. Would you be interested in leasing the other thirty thousand. See when when God's in it, when God's in it, He'll make it so clear. I couldn't talk. Like he's looking at me and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> And I told him, Yeah, yeah. We'd be interested. And so just two weeks ago we we're finally able to negotiate the terms and we signed the lease. And second chance, here's, the, here's, here's what's awesome. We started here, and by Easter of next year, we'll be here. <laughs> but here's what's amazing about this story. If God can take our church from here to here, what could he do in your life? See, because for me, I'm going to go ahead and put my cards on the table and tell you this. It's a tragedy if our church goes from here to here and you don't take a step or several steps in your personal journey with Jesus. I care more about your journey with Jesus that if we're not going to move forward in our personal walk, I don't, I don't want to go there. I can Listen. I can say don't and, and listen, I know somebody's probably rolling your eyes at me. Don't roll your eyes at me because I've had big campuses before. I don't need all that. I want people, you, and you, and you, and you, and you. I want you to take a step or several steps forward in your relationship with Jesus because in some supernatural way you connected with him in this place. And you trusted him enough to take your next step. That's what I want more than anything else in the world. Because I know what some of you are expecting. You're expecting now for me to put up like the chart with the financial plan and thermometer. and And you're expecting that? We're not doing that today. I'm not even talking about how much it costs. It doesn't matter. Because today is not about us raising money for that facility. Today is about you taking your next step of faith. That's what God wants. This is where you are. Today is all about this right here. Because this is what it looks like. Filing the paperwork. Starting on an iPhone. Inviting some friends. Leasing this facility. Raising some money. And now we got another step to take. And if God can do it for this church, God can do it for you. This is my prayer. This is my prayer for every single person here and every single person watching online. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Let me close with this. If God can take a broken, messed up, screw up like me and bring me back from a place where I was going to take my own life to where I am today, he can do it for you. I want you to listen to me you are not a lost cause you are not damaged goods you are not beyond hope those are lies from the enemy in christ there is hope in christ there is potential in christ there is peace in christ there is joy in christ there is immeasurably more and all he's asking you to do today is take your next step. I don't know what that next step is. Maybe it's confessing you need help. Maybe it's admitting you wrestle with anxiety or depression. Maybe it's saying this, this, this part of my life is absolutely about to crush me. I don't know what that is. Here's what I can tell you. This is a safe place to do it. This is a safe place to do it. This is a safe place to do it. God can do this in my life, and he can do it in the life for our church. He can do it for you. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just want to pray over our church. I want to pray over every single person in this room, every single person watching online. God, that we would know that there is nothing better than you. And because there's nothing better than you, there's no greater plan than your plans. Jesus, your thoughts are higher and your ways are greater and you want immeasurably more. So, Father, may we step today. May we have the courage to take our next step. And may we sing and may we celebrate that there's nothing better than you.